that means time for another Tom Green podcast. Indeed, another Detroit Sports Week on the Tom Green podcast. We didn't get a lot of plays last week, probably because kind of the hoopla of the show's back is kind of come and gone, and here I am, hopefully not, speaking into the abyss, but we shall see how that goes. So, Tigers this week. This week was rough. We had a win to open the week of games against Houston. We had a win to close the week against the Yankees. But besides that, was really bad. Two and five week. Felt like one and six or even oh and seven. And uh, not much to say, to be completely honest. Um, The overwhelming, glaring thing that I see, at least from this team, and we've seen it the past few years in this rebuild. You can call it a clunker of a rebuild if you want. The team is very youthful. The team is, you would say, inexperienced, but then again, there's a lot of experienced players on the team. Miguel Cabrera being one of them. Because of that youth and inexperience, you know, the team is starting to tire. And I can kind of see that in this past week. I mean, they played two decent teams. I mean, the Yankees are not the Yankees, what we expect. Okay, fine. But still, it was just one of those situations where the Yankees were going to come in and they were going to look to beat a team that was looking for hope but also seemed kind of hopeless. And this is kind of the feeling right now for Detroit Tigers fans uh, this week and probably for the month of September. Yet another month, uh, yet another September where we will be looking at Lions football and thinking, good God, do we have anything? Now, thankfully with the Lions, and we'll talk about them a little bit later, thankfully with the Lions, there's hope there. Since 1957, we haven't said that very too often about the Detroit Lions. But there's some hope there. But besides that, this September is looking pretty bleak for Tiger fans. Basically looking at the end of Miguel Cabrera's career, so we think. Again, I am one of the few people that thinks that Cabrera is going to hold on for one more year because he's got one more year left on his contract. I get it. He announced this last year. I get it. All the fanfare. It wouldn't surprise me, too, if this really was the, the end, but something just tells me. One more year. I'll believe it when I see it, though. Uh, Player of the week. Pretty easy pick. It's the kid, Parker Meadows. Only scored once on his home run, but seven hits. The one home run to beat the Astros, and that was a crazy home run, too. Six RBIs, four walks, but struck out nine times. Pretty cut-and-dry easy selection for me because we've had Carpenter the last two weeks. Torque has been right there, but both have kind of slid down just a little bit. The 24-game on base streak ended Sunday for Kerry Carpenter, so it seemed to me pretty cut-and-dry. Parker Meadows is your player of the week for this week. As far as that goes, there isn't a whole lot much else to talk about for the Tigers because, well, as I, as I just laid out for you guys, they're starting to tire out. And teams that are looking to succeed down the stretch cannot just tire out. And I think that comes with youth and inexperience. 
And it's been frustrating for the past five-ish years in this rebuild. But it's the truth. This team is starting to tire out, and it's showing. Uh, so far in the standings, I believe Detroit lost a game and a half because, well, they can't win, but nobody else really can. Uh, back to nine back now for the Tigers after the end of this game. So they only lost one game in the standings because despite them not being able to win, nobody else can either. The Guardians beat up on the Twins. I believe the Guardians took two out of three from the Twins. So that helped a little bit for Detroit. But again, hope? Nope. So uh, good for Parker Meadows, so player of the week. And uh, now this season just tends to go into a bit of the abyss. And it's going to be hard to watch, <laughs> especially. So uh, that all said, we're going to have two podcasts next week. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to look at the Lions' 53-man roster before the Chiefs' opening night at Chiefs' Kingdom. And Friday during the day, because of the Lions' game against the Chiefs on Thursday night, we're going to look at the Tigers' weekend, Michigan, of course. So... Stay tuned for those two shows coming up next week. Uh, it's it's crazy time uh, for the next couple of months on Tom Green Podcast as well as the day job. So uh, keep, her, keep her locked in because uh, some fun times coming ahead. So that being said, uh, moving towards the Michigan Wolverines. Yes, we have a Michigan game finally this week. That's the great news. The bad news it's on Peacock. I mean, seriously? I get it. 2007, Michigan opened up a new network, and it was Big Ten Network. We don't want to talk about that game because we know how that went. The Lost Appalachian State on Big Ten Network. It opened Big Ten Network. Everybody was freaking out, not only because of that loss, but because, how oh, are we going to find Big Ten Network? Well, that became pretty much a commonplace cable station in the midwest so midwestern people like yours truly all good peacock oh man i got a i got a bit of a rant about that station let me tell you first of all uh before we talk michigan mlb signed a contract at the beginning of last season that i did not realize until just this past week that the stipulation with the Sunday leadoff baseball game that was supposed to start at 11.10 a.m. That's the, that's the first thing. Sunday leadoff was supposed to start at 11.10 a.m. Eastern. Why am I seeing games all the time on Sunday morning, quote-unquote, that start at noon Eastern? Because of the wonky contract that Rob Manfred signed. And that was that there could only be like a handful of games in the entire regular season on Sunday that start before noon. So there goes that piece of the contract. It's already it's already screwed up as is. I'm going to keep my uh, my tongue to R-rated at least, or PG-13 rated. Otherwise, you would have to go explicit on this. So there goes one part of the contract right there. The other part of the contract, and this grinds my gears so much and you'll understand in a minute 
All games after the leadoff game cannot start before 1.30 p.m. Eastern. If you're in Boston, Washington, Philly, or Toronto, you don't really care. Because those games usually start at 1.35 or 1.40 accordingly. But if you're a fan of any other East Coast team, that is infuriating. And the reason is... Why can Saturday games start at 1.10 p.m. Eastern, but not Sunday? I mean, come on, it's been tradition for so long, and NBC is trying to make a new tradition out of it, which I refuse to accept for the length of this contract. Well, it's only 30 minutes. I mean, you can wait 30 minutes. 16 weeks of 30 minutes makes 8 hours. That is exactly why... I am heated about this contract because 16 weeks of a half hour is eight hours. That's eight hours of my life. You or I are never going to get back, okay? So if NBC is listening to this, don't even bother sending any Sunday leadoff stuff. I'm infuriated by this contract. I want my 110 Sunday baseball on the the Eastern time zone. Now, for those in the Central time zone or, or later or West... They don't care because, well, in Chicago, where I'm headed to this weekend, actually, for Tigers-White Sox, in Chicago, games start at 110 anyway, so it doesn't matter. I get it, but still, if I am on the Eastern time zone, I expect my Sunday game to start at 110 p.m., not a minute later. And because of the stupid contract that Major League Baseball signed with Peacock, I'm not going to be able to get it. That makes me really upset. It makes me really upset. I mean, come on. Start the game at 110. Start the damn game at 110. Who cares? If your team is not on Peacock, who cares? I said it. Who cares? So MLB, renegotiate this contract with Peacock. I don't care. They're taking over Sunday baseball and trying to call it a tradition of their own when it was never a tradition of their own. So fix it, Major League Baseball. Plain and simple. Fix this. 110 Sunday baseball. No later. Unless you're in Boston, Toronto, Philly, or Washington because they've had 140 games. But there's my spiel of the week. Peacock, fix it. And because of that, East Carolina and Michigan are playing on Peacock. It's a kind of a kind of a, a subdued transition. East Carolina playing Michigan on Peacock. I'll be watching this probably at a bar in Chicago. Hopefully, if they show the game. 94.8% favorite to Michigan, 5.2% to East Carolina. Um, nothing much else to report from there. Quorum is going to be your starting running back. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is going to be your starting quarterback. Nothing's really changed on that front. Of course, Cade McNamara transferred to Iowa. So uh, we do wish him luck in there uh, every game except against Michigan, of course. As far as the game goes, Michigan is a 36-point favorite. Michigan notoriously is not that good at covering spreads. Jim Harbaugh suspended... For the first three games, which, in my opinion on that, really is, I don't know. I mean, we see 
we see the uh, NIL movement taking off. And of course, this this cheeseburger gate, if we want to call it that, happened prior to NIL. So I get it, and also I don't. I mean, Harbaugh should have realized that that was a violation, but it shouldn't have been a violation. I mean, good Lord, the coach bought the kid a cheeseburger. So, the NCAA is suspending, well, they're self, in Michigan self-imposing the suspension, but the NCAA is suspending Jim Harbaugh three games over a $3 cheeseburger. You're seriously going to do this to a program that's been in the college football playoff the last two seasons and has won the last two seasons in the Big Ten? Over $3. I mean, you can even see the miss. You can even see the meme on... Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and that with Patrick. I have $3. That's literally what got Jim Harbaugh suspended three games. It it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to uh, most people in the Michigan fandom spectrum. So, of course, in Jim Harbaugh fashion, the coaching responsibilities are going to be uh, deviated differently in three games and I somewhat don't understand this either, and we'll talk about it more next week for UNLV. Uh, Jesse Minner is going to be the coach, uh, is going to assume the head coaching duties this week against East Carolina, and then he's splitting it up in the second game, and I don't understand this, frankly. Jay Harbaugh for the first half and Mike Hart for the second half. Sharon Moore for the full game against Bowling Green. Why are you having two different coaches? I don't understand this at all. Associate coaches Ben Herbert and Jack Harbaugh, of course, uh, Jim Harbaugh's father, uh, stepping in for Jim Harbaugh. So, I mean, this this is nuts. I mean, that's this is more to talk about than the actual game against East Carolina. I mean, for God's sakes, if Michigan loses this game, then they're going to lose six. They're going to lose seven games if Michigan loses East Carolina. They're going to go five and seven if Michigan loses East Carolina. Maybe even worse than that. So, as far as the game goes. Giving Michigan to at least hit the money line, and I don't even care. It's probably at five digits. Last I've checked. Uh, Michigan to cover. It's a it's a toss up. Uh, I in fact I even don't have the money line in front of me, but nonetheless, it's probably going on five digits. So it's not even worth it. But give me Michigan money line, obviously. Uh, Storylines to watch for. We just talked about. The three-game suspension. Jesse Minner is going to coach this game. So the defense will be fine. We'll see what the offense does. But uh, there isn't much to talk about besides that for this game. So I was debating, uh, um, transitioning to Pickums. I was debating even doing Pickums this week because your 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 key games are going to be on Thursday, and I wasn't even going to release this podcast until after the Thursday games had started. So this Pickums is even a short a short slate, and uh, it won't even count towards a prize or anything because, well, there's only five games I've got, and, of course, we have the bonus game. Uh, bonus game counting as the fifth game. So uh, short slate in Pickums because this slate is a bit of a laugher, to be completely honest, with the exception of North Carolina, South Carolina, and even that's a meh. Oh, boy. Well, 
if you're not if you're not in the Carolinas, you will agree with me. Oh boy, we're gonna get all hyped up for North Carolina and South Carolina on Saturday night football. Yeah, said no one ever outside the Carolinas. If you're in the Carolinas, good game. I mean, UNC, Mac Brown, South Carolina upset Clemson last year. So, I mean, there's some storylines in that. But if you're outside the Carolinas, do you really care? Not really. Because neither of these teams are going to be in the top 10. They're not going to contend for the college football playoff. They might upset someone like a Clemson or a Florida State. But they're, I'm not sitting here and saying North Carolina and South Carolina is going to be pivotal for the college football playoff. So I'm not sitting here and looking for a bar to watch that game at. Last year we had Ohio State Notre Dame. I nearly missed a Dylan Cease no-hitter because of it. But that was a game I was wanting to watch. This game, I don't want to watch this. I mean, I don't live in the Carolinas. I, I'm sorry if I offend you if I'm in the Carolinas. I understand completely. That's your team's. Watch it. But for me as a Michigan fan living outside of the Carolina and southeastern area, I'm not going to want to watch this. Now, LSU and FSU, that's something I'll watch. Two fairly storied programs that are on the on the rise again. That's something I'll want to watch. But, I mean, man, this slate, I had nothing really outside of a 15-point slate outside the Big Ten in the top 25. I mean, this slate, this week one, wow. I mean, I've... Usually week one is something to really be intent for in college football. This week one doesn't impress me at all. Anyway, to the slate. Fresno State and Purdue. I don't know a lot about Fresno State this year. I don't know a lot about Purdue this year. Purdue is a three and a half point favorite. Give me the Boilermakers at home. They were in the Big Ten Championship last year, but they lost Jeff Brom to Louisville. He went home. So I have no idea. I have literally no idea about this game. Give me Purdue. Northwestern and Rutgers. Uh, Kelly in Vegas has this as an upset special. How do I know? Check her Twitter. She follows me on Twitter, by the way. I am grateful for that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Kelly in Vegas will come on the show at some point. Uh, unfortunate that she is no longer a part of Barstool, but she is still a friend of mine, and hopefully will be on this show at some point. She had this an upset special Northwestern over Rutgers. This one, this one's another. I'm gonna just throw a dart and see where it lands because I really don't know much about either of these teams. Northwestern losing Pat Fitzgerald because of the hazing saga, and Rutgers with Greg Schiano, but not much else. Oh man, just because Kelly picked them, I'm gonna pick Northwestern. <laughs> I really don't know. This, uh, again, this slate, my God. Um, I really hope I'm wrong about this slate, but I think the uh, alcohol that I'm going to enjoy over this weekend is going to be more enjoyable than this Saturday slate. Uh, I hope I'm wrong again, but uh, yeah, not looking forward to it. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, that is going to be a decent game. I mean, again, I... I joked that I didn't want to watch this game, but this could be something interesting in the second half, okay? South Carolina upset Clemson. North Carolina has Mac Brown. 
It is the Duke's Mayo Classic at Charlotte, North Carolina. Personally, I am a big fan of Duke's Mayo. My mother is not. Just ask her. You will be very amused with her answer to, uh, do you like Duke's Mayo? So just ask the question. Anytime. But anyway, uh, give me South Carolina. They're a little bit better than North Carolina at this point, in my opinion. Uh, but it's week one, I mean. We remember the year that Alabama played Florida State. Uh, Jameis, or that was DeAndre Francois, I'm sorry. DeAndre Francois tore his ACL. Florida State went way downhill. And they were ranked like third, if I'm not mistaken. So, anything's possible in this game. Speaking of Florida State, that's uh, LSU, FSU. Uh, Brian Kelly has got has got the uh, has got the LSU Tigers playing Tiger football. I mean they're back to respectability after uh, uh, Eddie O. I mean Eddie O was a great guy, but it just didn't work out after the national title. I think Florida State is so overhyped it's not even funny. I mean what exactly have they done in the last three years? I mean I get it. Mike Norvell is doing his job. He's getting some recruits in. It's now becoming Mike Norvell's team. He did this at Memphis. He got Memphis to the New Year's Six. Okay, I get it from the coaching perspective. So, right decision not to get rid of Mike Norvell. But am I seriously believing that a team that has not even competed for the ACC in the last three seasons is expected to not even win it but appear in the college football playoff? Hell no! I'm not buying it for a second. I assume that my words will be eaten by the mid-October from that, okay? But right now, I am not expecting Florida State to do a damn thing for now in the ACC. Four games from now, that opinion will likely change. But as far as I see this game, LSU looks to be a rising program while FSU... Looks to be somewhere good. I'm still not I'm not convinced about Florida State right now. Give me LSU by two scores, and we'll see what happens. If, if Florida State beats LSU, then I will buy the hype. Okay? But for right now, I am not buying the hype for a second. But again, that could change. Uh the bonus game this week, OSU and Indiana. Uh, OSU a 30-point favorite. Again, the bonus question is, will they cover the spread? Indiana has really fallen since the 2020 season and Tom Allen. Tom Allen is still there, but the offense has just really... The offense has just really become non-existent in Bloomington. I mean, the, the problem was that uh, the defense wasn't there, okay? When... Uh, Oh, I forget who was coaching before uh, Tom Allen, but that was the problem. And once Tom Allen found some defense, they competed for a Big Ten East title. They really did. And they were neck and neck with Ohio State in 2020. This one's going to be a lot different, though. Even though we know how I feel about Ohio State simply because I am doing a Michigan preview, I will say, yes, Ohio State will cover the 30-point spread. So, uh... Again, your pickums for this week, Purdue and Fresno State, give me Purdue. Northwestern and Rutgers, give me Northwestern. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, the Dukes Mayo Classic, give me South Carolina. 
LSU and FSU in the Camping World Classic at Orlando. Give me LSU. And will Ohio State cover the 30-point spread against Indiana? The answer to that is yes. So for this week, that's your Tom Green Detroit Sports uh, Detroit Sports Week podcast. Tigers in a bit of an abyss. Michigan should get the victory against East Carolina and should cover. And that is that. So Tuesday we'll have your Lions. We'll have your Lions 53-man and practice squad recap and Chiefs preview. Friday during the day we will have a uh, Tigers recap as well as Michigan UNLV preview. For that, this has been the Detroit Sports Week on the Tom Green Podcast. Have a great week and we'll see you on Tuesday.